Awesome. There, there are so many exciting things coming up here in the life of the church that uh, it would be easy for us to just uh, talk about all of those things. But as you can see, we've got an agenda this morning. Things look a little bit different for us today. We're doing something uh, that is not uh, typical for our Sunday morning, and we're calling it Life Group Live. And uh, I'm going to just, full disclosure, I want to tell you right up front today uh, why we're doing that. Because next Sunday, uh, on New Life Sunday, we're going to be putting in the hands of life group leaders the material for our new life group series. Now, let me not assume too much and just tell you what a life group is. A life group is people getting together, together around the Word of God, and that's an important part. It's not just gathering for fellowship. Fellowship's great, but it's fellowship with a purpose, that uh, we, we eat together. Some, in fact, somebody in our first service pointed out to me, I did Life Group Live, and they said, where was the food? I said, that's a good point. I was actually hungry in the first service. And, but Life Groups meet in people's homes and uh, fellowship together, eat together, and then share the Word of God together. Next Sunday, we're going to be putting material in the hands of Life Group leaders to host some of those groups. So again, I just want to be transparent right up front. I don't want you to feel like you're here for an infomercial today. This, this is not just a sales strategy. We're about to have church. And that's what Life Group is, by the way. Church is not just gathering in rows and listening to one person lecture. Church is anytime the body of Christ comes together in the name of Jesus. Amen? And so we're going to have church this morning. It's just going to look a little different. In a few moments, I'm going to invite some guests to come and to join me in, in my living room here. Thank you, Val, for making my living room look nice today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to gather, and we're going to have a conversation about life groups. And you can see on the screen behind me, there's an image that if you've been here with us this year, it's become very familiar. This is a, a picture of, of the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur Wright, in their first flight back in the early 1900s. And what you see in the middle of that screen is a word that God spoke to my heart for our church for 2019. Back, way back in the summer of 2018, I just sensed God speaking a word. The word was lift. And I began to pray about that word and, and search out the scripture and ask God what he wanted to say to us. And, and out of that seed thought, God has spoken several messages to our church, some timely things that he's doing in our church, and a life group series that came out of it. And so we've been kind of moving throughout this year, oftentimes, referring back to that very picture and that thought of what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to take us to a new height and to a new level to do something that previously seemed impossible. God wants to do those things in our life. Now, you saw on your seats or in the seat pockets near you on your way in some response cards. So let me just tell you right up front, here's, here's the response that we're looking for in the service today. We would love for you to fill out one of those response cards. Do you see those there? I see people looking for them. Do we have them? If not, everybody in the first service stole them. We don't have them. I think our ushers have more. He's got them. We've got them. We're good. We would love for you to take one of those cards and, and just check the box. Now, some of you, you've done life groups with us in the past, and so you already know uh, where your life group's meeting and, and what night of the week and whose house you're meeting at, and, and that's great. But for many of us, we're kind of still on the fence, not really even sure, we're just going to kind of wait and see. And so I just want you to know that Pastor Chris serves on staff full-time at this church 
as our connections pastor. One of the, the driving desires and really the giftings of God in his life is to, to get people connected and functioning in the body of Christ. And so the response to you filling out that card will be a call. And, and he'll just help you to connect with other people. We want to make sure that we do everything we can to give everyone here the opportunity to be a part of what we believe God is going to do in this next season of the church. And, and a lot of it is not going to happen on Sunday mornings. And so, uh, listen, I don't discredit what God can do in the Sunday morning service. In fact, I, I've, I've, I've given my life to this conviction that God can radically change people in a Sunday morning experience. But a lot of what God wants to do in the area of discipleship, in us growing in our faith, happens in the context of community. How many of you understand discipleship happens in the context of relationships? Jesus could have taught at a seminary, but he spent the three and a half years of his ministry with a small group of men. Did you notice that? He invested his three years of ministry in 12 men who would change the world. And so there's something that God wants to do, something that God wants to grow in us that is going to happen in the context of community. And, and so the word that God spoke to us for this year is lift. And as we've moved through this year, there's a new image that has come to my mind. That God doesn't want to just lift us up off the ground. God wants us to go above and beyond. And so above and beyond is the theme for this new series. This is where we're going, all right? We're going beyond just the impossible. God wants to do something new and fresh in your heart and in your life. Now, I mentioned earlier that my wife and I, we just got home from vacation. I mean, literally, like early yesterday morning, we got home. We, we took what, what we would call the trip of a lifetime, because it's not something you would do every year, or in our sake, ever. Uh, but this, this last week, we went and we were traveling all over Italy. We got a chance to see Rome. We got a chance to go to Florence, and, and we were on the island of Capri and, and Pompeii and up in, in Venice. And I mean, we just saw some of the most beautiful and amazing sights. So, so this sense of adventure that, that lives in, in all of us is very fresh on my mind. And, and it goes all the way back to creation, that God has put in us a desire to know more, to explore to discover things that, that we didn't know before, things that we had never seen before. This last week, my wife and I had the opportunity to gaze with our own eyes at some of the most beautiful works of art that have ever been done in human history. I mean, we, we got to see works by Raphael. We got to see works by Leonardo. We got to, uh, to see in, incredible things uh, by Michelangelo. How many of you know I'm not talking about the Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> I mean, we saw some amazing, amazing things in the last week. In fact, uh, one of the things that just blew my mind was looking at the, the drawings of Leonardo da Vinci for human flight in the 1400s. Think about this. In the 1400s, he had an idea and a design concept for man to take flight. Now, we're not sure if he ever actually built it, but he had the designs and the dream in place in the 1400s. 500 years later, Orville and Wilbur Wright were the first mans in flight. They actually built an airplane in 500 years. Well, the reason I emphasize that is because in about 60 years after that, the timetable accelerated so much that we went from getting off the ground to this, to putting a man in space, to even 
a man walking on the moon. So I, I want to say today that I have this conviction in my heart that God is able and that he desires to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can even imagine. And, and I don't just mean in the way of technology or, or ingenuity. I mean in the spirit realm. I believe in these last days, God is going to pour his spirit in such a way that he does things that are going to exceed our expectation of what is possible. Is anybody else with me on that? I believe that. I believe that. In fact, I, I want to give you a verse of scripture. I, I almost quoted it just now because it's been on my heart all year. But I want you to see it with your own eyes. This, this verse is really a foundation for this series that we're going to be launching into with our life groups. And it's really a foundation for our conversation today. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Look at it with me. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's, that verse tells us that God is able to do more above and beyond what you could ask or imagine. But can I just emphasize to you, it doesn't say he wants to do more just so you can have more. This is not a message of greed. This is not a just bless me, give me, give me, I want more. I mean, that might be a popular message in the culture, but how many of you know that's not the message of the kingdom? And so it's not just give me more so I can have more, so I can do more, so I can see more. No, he's saying God who is able to do abundantly above all you could think or ask or imagine, then it says to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. How many of you know that means your generation? Through all generations. So here's my conviction, that God wants to bring more of his goodness to your life so that he can bring more, uh, more of glory to his. More goodness to you and more glory to God. And so Paul says, this God is able to do above and beyond what you could ask or imagine, and he wants to do it in every generation so that you would experience his goodness and so that God would be glorified. I want to challenge every one of you today. In just a moment, I'm going to invite some guests to come and join me in my living room and we're going to have a conversation. But I want to challenge you to let God do a new thing in your life in this season. Let him do a new thing. Here's the thing about, about new things. Maybe you've noticed before, but, but change is a two-sided coin. It's not just something new. It's out with the old, and it's in with the new. It's the out with the old part that we struggle with, right? Change can be hard. Jesus said it like this. He said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. Now, I don't know if that analogy makes sense in our day and age. Some of you get it. You've, you've heard that before, but here's what Jesus was saying. You know, it, people in the Bible times, even still, better when people today still do this. They, they take usually goat skins, and they'll, they'll cut the head off, and they'll cut the feet off, and they'll stitch them, and they'll make a pouch. They'll put straps on it, and they'll fill it with liquid so that when you need something to drink out in the hot desert, you got something with you. But what would happen is if you took an old wineskin that no longer had any elasticity to it, and you put fresh new wine in it, that wine would start to ferment and it would start to expand and that old wineskin would burst and you'd have a mess on your hands and nothing to drink. 
So Jesus said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. And what he's saying to us is, yes, God wants to do a new thing in your life, but sometimes you need a new pattern. And I just want to say clearly today, for some of you, the new thing that God wants to do in your life is going to happen in the context of a life group. It's going to happen in relationship. It's going to happen when you say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to just hear from God on Sunday morning in the sermon. I don't just want to hear from God when I have my personal devotion time or when I read my Bible. I believe that God wants to speak to me through other people. And I believe that God, in this season of my life, might even want to speak through me to somebody else. But you need a new wineskin. And so what today is about is I want you to know this is not a scripted conversation we're about to have. We didn't tell everybody what to say. In fact, I'm a little nervous uh, because usually I come very prepared on Sunday mornings. And at this point, I, I don't know what's going to happen with about 80% of what's going to be said for the rest of the service. And so, but we're going to have an honest conversation and we're going to just talk about the word of God together. And for some of you, I want to challenge you that in this next season, as we move into life groups as a church, God wants to speak to you through other people. He wants to speak through you to other people. On this last Wednesday morning, and by the way, if, if you don't like my analogies from my vacation to Italy, I'm just going to apologize once right now because I've seen so much, and you know, as a preacher, every, every moment of life, you're looking for sermon illustrations. So I'll probably give a lot of sermon illustrations that come from things I've seen in the last uh, several days. And so I'll apologize once for that, but that's it. So don't envy me because I went on vacation. Uh, but let me tell you what happened this last week, because I said a moment ago, everybody has this desire to explore, to see, to discover. And, and I actually learned on Wednesday of this last week that that's not entirely true. There are people out there that, that don't want to discover new and exciting things. I don't understand those people, but they are out there. Because on Wednesday morning, my wife and I were sitting on a rooftop terrace in Florence, Italy, having breakfast served to us at a white linen-covered table, a strong espresso in my hand. The sun is glistening on the terracotta roof tiles. I mean, it's the most beautiful, picturesque scene you could imagine. And we're just sitting there, just soaking in the morning sun, enjoying this moment. And there's another group of Americans that are sitting at a table near us. And I overhear the woman saying to the group at her table, I just miss my TV. <laughs> really? I mean, re really? I'm looking around. I'm just like, this is, this is life, man. I mean, we are here, we're doing it. I can't, this is amazing. She goes, I just, they don't have my TV shows in my room. Going, you miss your TV? Are you kidding me? And then I couldn't help but be like totally, you know, eavesdropping now on the conversation. Who are these weird people and where do they come from? America. But then she starts talking about her husband who hasn't arrived at breakfast yet. She says, yeah, he's, he was frustrated because he can't find anything good to eat. He just wants a good hamburger. Really? I mean, I, I watched them make the croissants. I mean, I'm eating the best food, the best pasta, the best meals I've ever eaten in my life, morning, noon, and night, and he wants a hamburger. Going, come on, man. 
Live life. I hope that's not you today. I hope you're in that group that wants to go above and beyond and actually experience the more that God has for you. And so today, I, I want to invite my, my guests to come and join me in the living room uh, because I, I, I tend to, to kick back into preacher mode, especially when I have an audience. I've asked Chris if he'll uh, be my co-host. So Pastor Chris is going to help me lead the life group, and Kayla is joining us. Alicia is going to be joining us on the couch as well, and Larry is going to be joining us today. Can you give them a hand as they come and join me? So let me say, uh, disclaimer, there are two preachers up here, so if we get a little preachy, uh, forgive us. The goal of our life groups is not really to come together to answer all the questions. That's not really the point. Uh, the point is that we don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's and you know, feel like good theologians when it's all said and done. The point is that we share together and that we talk together, and, and when you get in a life group, We've put together a series that's called Above and Beyond, uh, and it's packaged with a DVD, and everyone that wants to be a life group leader will have um, a little packet that has some questions. You, you're, you're not supposed to be a, you don't have to be a teacher or a preacher to host a group. You just need to facilitate a conversation. But the life group begins with about a 15-minute teaching. And so I'm going to take just a couple minutes, and I won't take that many, but I'm going to take a couple minutes to, to lay the foundation of teaching here for this conversation. And, and this life group session is, is about going beyond. So all the sessions will be on different things. This one's going to be about going beyond. And, and really, you know, that desire that I talked about a moment ago of wanting to go beyond, of wanting to see more of what God has for our life, there's, there's many ways that we could talk about that God reveals the more that he has for us. And we'll talk about some of those in the life group series, but one of the ways, and I just want to focus on one today, one of the ways that God reveals his will, his plan for our lives, is through prayer. Prayer is not just a spiritual discipline. It's not just a spiritual exercise or something that you ought to do if you're devoted. Prayer is one of the ways that God communicates his will and his plan for our lives. And so we, we can say on Sunday morning, I want to go beyond, I want to go above, and I want to know more, but what does God want? For my life. So there's one verse that we're going to kind of camp out on this morning, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, and uh, verse 7 and verse 8. We'll put it on the screen here. Uh, if you're a note taker, you may want to jot some things down as we kind of talk through our life group today, but this is what it says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And then he explains, verse 8, Jesus says, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I read that verse almost all my life, and, and it sounds poetic. And I grew up with the King James Bible, and, and it is poetic. And, and I really thought for years and years that this was just a, a, a triad of poetry, that asking and seeking and knocking were really just three synonymous statements to say, pray and pray and pray. And that's how I read that verse for most of my life. Just pray and keep praying. Ask in prayer, seek in prayer, knock in prayer, and you're going to receive. But I really believe that 
that there's more to this statement than this. In fact, I believe that these three uh, instructions, ask, seek, and knock, are actually steps in a process of us understanding the will of God for our life. And so what we're going to do in this life group session is we're going to talk about those three things, asking and seeking and knocking. Now, when it comes to the asking, the word I want you to think about is humility. Because to ask, you got to recognize you need help. That's good. You know, it's like when, when, when a student doesn't want to raise their hand in class, it's, oftentimes it's for the fear of, of looking stupid. Like, I, I don't want to admit that I don't know the answer, so I won't ask. And what do the teachers always say? They say, the only stupid question is the one you don't ask, right? <laughs> but if you're going to ask, it begins with humility. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 4 and in verse 10, it says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We're, we're talking about lift. We're talking about going above and beyond. But God's elevation in your life is predicated on your humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And so when we ask in prayer, it's, it's that first step. It's us saying, God, I acknowledge that I need help. Then he says, seek, and you will find now, seeking, I want you to think of the word clarity. Clarity. When I'm, when I'm seeking something out, I'm getting more definition. I'm getting more understanding about the situation. See, the reality is, oftentimes, we don't, we don't get what we want from God because we don't know what we want. I mean, it's good to pray, God, you know, bless us, help us to have a good day. How many of you know that's pretty generic? I mean, at some point, you need to move beyond God give us a good day to a specific prayer request. You know, so many times I've heard people say, I just don't know if God hears me. Well, what'd you ask for? I mean, have you ever really prayed with clarity? Have you ever prayed with such specificity that, that, that you could say when it was over and done and God had come through that this is what I had asked for and this is how God met my need? So seeking is really getting specific with God. And, and I'll give you an example from Scripture. I think of the, the story of the children of Israel when God told Joshua, you're going to go and you're going to take Jericho. And then he gave him instructions on how to do it. He said, you're going to go into Jericho in the book of Joshua chapter 6. You're going to march around the walls of the city uh, every day for six days and seven times on the seventh day. And then on the seventh time around, the walls are going to fall. And, and what he was saying is, I, I want you to literally circle the desire of your heart. I want you to circle it every day. I want your faith to be so centered on what I'm going to do for you that I want you to circle it. Can I just ask you a practical question? Have you ever actually circled something in your Bible that you were believing for God to do in your life? That's clarity. That's saying, God, this is what I'm seeking. When you're reading your Bible and you see that promise, you say, this is what I need God to do. So you seek out what God is going to do for you. And then the, the last word, the last word is knock. Knock and the door will be open to you. And when you think of the word knock, I want you to think of pursued opportunities. Pursued opportunities. Because if you're going to knock on a door, you got to go to a door. You can't, you can't just sit and just pray. I mean, at some point, you got to actually go and, and go after something. And I think this is such an important key to knowing the will of God, even God speaking to us in our prayer life. And, and I, love, I love a verse in the next chapter of Joshua, in chapter 7. And many of you know the story. What happened is the children of Israel took Jericho, 
And then there was a smaller town just up a little farther into the promised land called Ai. It was spelled just like it sounds, Ai. And they wanted to go and take that land too. And they sent less troops because it was an easier battle, and they got beat. And they got embarrassed. And so the Bible says in Joshua 7 that Joshua and the elders, they went and fell on their face. They had a prayer meeting. They started praying, God, what's going on? What happened? And I love this verse. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 10, then the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? I love that verse. I mean, you might think I'm weird, but I, I just love that verse because I think that's the way God responds sometimes to our prayers. I don't mean that your prayers don't matter. I just mean that prayer has to include knocking. You can talk about it, you can talk about it, you can ask God about it, but at some point, you got to get off your knees, you got to put your shoes on, you got to go knock on a door. And so knocking is pursued opportunity. And, and what God was saying to Joshua in that moment was, get off your face, you don't need to pray about this. You need to go to the house of a man named Achan, because I gave you specific instructions on what to do in Jericho, and Achan disobeyed my commands, and he sinned, and he brought judgment on the house of Israel, and that's why you lost the battle at Ai. And so for us to know the will of God, it begins with humility, and then we really have to seek out what is God saying, what does God want for my life? We have to go after clarity, and and then it, it involves knocking on the doors of opportunity and saying, God, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, but I'm not just going to sit here and wait for you to make it all happen. God, I'm going to trust that you're leading not just my prayers, but you're leading my steps. Yeah. I'm going to do the things that you're asking me to do. And so we're going to take a little time with our life group, and we're going to talk about some of those things. Pastor Chris, I'll turn it to you. Yeah, well, why don't we get to know our, our people here a little bit first? I was just noticing, by the way, for Above and Beyond, I got my cloud socks on. For this nice, session. nice. Because yeah. <laughs> I was itching my leg. But, but Larry, uh, I asked a different question last time, so I'm throwing you under the gun here. Uh, what's the favorite place that you've ever been in the world? We're talking about going above and beyond. I'm guessing none of you have been to space. Okay. Yeah, So, Larry, you've got gray hair, but I... <laughs> yes, I'm here. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite what place my, you've ever been? My favorite place I ever visited in the world was Switzerland. Oh, wow because it was so gorgeous, and you know, the mountains and the Alps and the lakes and all. And I, I often said to my wife, I'd like to take her back there, but we never got the, the opportunity. But Pastor was to Italy this past week. Yeah. Flew over we may Alps. take a chance and go there someday. That's so awesome. To, yeah. yeah. What about you, Kayla? Favorite place you've ever been? I think in the current Nashville, Tennessee, but wait until December and ask me again because oh, yeah. we're going to Paris. You're going to Paris. Yeah, that's so awesome. So ask me again then. Yeah, pretty awesome. soon, pretty soon. What about you, Alicia? Favorite place? Uh, this is cheesy, but my favorite place is at Nationals. I would feel like just because the atmosphere was very godly driven. Where was Nationals? Tell everybody. Uh, Florida, Orlando, Orlando Florida. Yeah. Just to be in, in the presence of God, obviously, but like with... Worshiping with 12,000 kids is just an experience I I could never give. And just seeing the general counselor, maybe someday I'll get to be a voter. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. That's awesome. so awesome. Well, we've been talking here. He, uh, if we could put that verse back up on the screen, that was Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, starting there. And it said, ask, 
seek and knock. Now remember, if you're taking notes, we talked about ask, which is basically like humility. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes in our lives, there's those situations where we, we become humbled. Let's be honest, there's situations where we don't really have the answers. And I just want to go to you guys and just, is, was there ever a point in your life where you felt like you were kind of at the end of your rope? I don't know that I can pinpoint like one specific moment. There's been so many, oh my gosh. But um, I feel like a lot of times I'll sit in my prayer closet and I just, I have so much on my heart and I just want to tell God all of it, but I don't even know how to word it or where to begin. And I just sit there and I'm like, Lord, I just need help. Like, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I know that you know my heart and you know what's going on in my life and I just need help. Like, and sometimes that's the most comforting thing and not being able to, I mean, talking about it is good, but just knowing that God knows your heart and knows your desires and knows where you stand to just say, I just need help. Like, that just totally refreshes me. That's good. Very good. Very good, Caleb. And he, you know, it's Proverbs 5, 3, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not half heart, not, not partially hearted, but with all your heart, and don't depend on your own understandings. You know, uh, many times, I, uh, I, my life. I, I guess I'm getting money. I'm the old man up here. <laughs> if you didn't notice, but anyway, I'm a little slow at times. And many times God reacts to me and supplies me and meets my needs, and I don't recognize it right away. And all of a sudden, I turn around and and look, and I say, "How'd that happen?" God was there. Mm, you know and he answers my needs and I just came in a little late and didn't realize it but he has and when I think of humility we assume sometimes it's very easy to become humble it can be difficult when you have to humble yourself to something and 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 to react to something very humbly Mm -hmm. but boy that's a key word in our Christian life. Yeah, definitely. Now, you are the aged one here, Larry. I'll put it, put it lightly. Uh, so my, my understanding is that you have the most wisdom, so you don't have as much to ask, do you? Well, what little wisdom I have, whatever that is, only through the grace of God do I have it, and I ask for it every day. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What about you, Alicia? So for me, I really had to be humble this year because... Um, like all throughout high school, I've always worked to be in leadership. I've always wanted to have my feet in everything. Every club, you bet I'm in it, and I will <laughs> probably, I'll probably um, be one of the executive committee. You know, and that's just my personality. I love to help. I love to serve my community in every way possible. But I really had to humble myself because this year I noticed that I was using my authority for my my reasons and my selfish mm. self. So I really had to kill, not kill myself, but like <laughs> kill myself, my... Self, the selfishness. Yeah. yeah, my selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> I really had to, and I really had to reevaluate the steps I'm taking yeah. and really be like, I got the authority because of the authority given like 
above authority that was given to me. Yeah. So I really am working on being more godly centered in everything I do and sharing the gospel at my school and really trying to be a leader but also be a godly leader. Yeah. And we got some good things coming up, so I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, we do. That's so exciting. Uh, I, I was thinking about this in my own life as well. And I don't know if there's any, are there any perfectionists in the house? You raise your, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first service, I saw people elbowing, like, that's you, you know? Yeah. But, but I'm a perfectionist, so I like things to be a certain way and to have control and to know that it's this, 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 and this. And, and when my wife, uh, when we found out that she had cancer and she had to go in for surgery, I remember the feeling when, when she got taken back in for a double mastectomy. And it's like once she passed those doors, like, I, I didn't have any more control, like, for the first time in my life, like, I really had no say in the matter. Yeah. I, I had no ability, and I felt like literally that was the end of my rope. And so really all I could do was ask God. All I could do was just come before him, and I just, it's a struggle sometimes when, when you're humbled and you realize how much you were trying to control in your life. So I think that's good. I can sense that with <laughs> what you were saying too, Kayla, as well. I mean, I know, like, a big thing I've learned through prayer is that a lot of times your prayer request becomes your praise and then becomes your prayer request. Like, oh, that's good. like I'll ask God for something, like I'll ask God for faith and he doesn't hand me faith on a silver platter and say, here you go. It's like a situation that <laughs> yeah. you learn faith yeah. in Jesus and you have to keep praying and seeking him. Yeah, I asked for patience, and I got my son gray. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing how that works. How about it? <laughs> well, why don't, why don't we move on to uh, the, the idea of seeking? You know, the, and Pastor had shared in that verse that that's the idea of clarity. And, you know, sometimes what Pastor was saying is that sometimes we don't exactly know what we want. Uh, I think maybe I'll start with Alicia because I know that, that you've had conversations with me about just seeking clarity in your life. Definitely. I still remember that one lunch break at camp where, you know, I was running a little late because I was in a leaders, a leaders meeting because I was um, hosting that night. But I was a little late and all the girls left and I was the only girl in the cafeteria and I just sat next to you and I was just talking to you like, I don't know what my next steps are. I don't know like if where I'm going to work when I'm older. And, and that was in the summer. Imagine now where it's like the end of the rope where it's like, I'm graduating high school in nine months, whether I like it or not, you know? So I was really thinking, and ever since we had that conversation, I've been praying. I've been praying for guidance and seeking, and I wanted clarity, you know? And ever since I've been seeking, I had to look at a godly college because that's the first step. And there's a lot of temptations in college, and I don't want to go to just a regular college. I want to go to the college that... I feel that will push me in my ministry and push me um, to become a good leader. So one of the things I was looking for was a godly environment. And I had to seek everywhere because it's hard <laughs> to find one, you know what I'm saying? It's like really hard, but I finally found a couple that I feel strong in and I feel like a strong leading. Whether which one I choose, I know that God's got me and that's yeah. a really good, you just had to keep pushing, you know? Yeah, definitely. What are you seeking clarity for right now in your life, Larry? Well, there's a many things. <laughs> Even at my age, okay? But anyway, it's interesting. You know, in my Christian walk, I find uh, uh, I seek, God will speak to me and say, Larry, 
witness to this person or that person or some other person, you know. And, and I would step back and say, Lord, not me. Not <laughs> talk to that person. I'm yeah. a witness to that person. I don't want no parts of that. And all of a sudden, I humble myself. Mm. And I ask God, okay, show me how. Show me how. And it's amazing what he does. I'm telling you, it's amazing how he responds to your request and to my request. And all of a sudden, he just leads me to the proper technique or path that I could witness effectively with many people in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Clarity is one of those things that's kind of hard to get yeah. sometimes, right? It's like trying to put on your glasses yeah. and trying to, oh, yeah, yeah. trying to see it clearly. Sometimes I feel like, you know, just being vulnerable, sometimes I feel like God doesn't always give me like that, that clear moment. I feel like it's stages of glasses that I'm getting put yeah. on. And, well, he's full of surprises. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll surprise you every now and then. So yeah. All of a sudden, someone appear in my life or... And I got an example to share with you. I got yeah. to. Every Friday morning, a friend of mine, a very good Christian friend of mine, go to Rivertown up there for breakfast, okay? Right. And, of course, we know all the waitresses and everybody that's in the place almost, okay? <laughs> and I pray, Lord, let me sh show, may you shine through me, through somebody. Yeah. And, and invariably, Something will happen during our breakfast. Someone will come up or we'll be able to, and I will be able to witness to somebody. Yeah. And I'm saying it's just wonder yeah. how he clarifies things if you just let him react the way you do through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's good. I, uh, even very practically, you know, we were talking before, Larry. I I've had lost my job at one point, and I remember trying to seek clarity in that moment, but all I ever knew before was healthcare field. And so right away, what do you do? You just jump on and you start finding healthcare jobs. You know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a provider, I need to figure things out. And I remembered uh, that week, and I got to give kudos to my wife, who's probably watching right now on Facebook. <laughs> Did you see my socks, honey? No. But, uh, but, my, but my wife, in, in that first week, I remember just revving my engines, right, and trying to go in a direction and really just struggling uh, to figure out what was next. And my wife made this statement. She goes, you know, this whole week, your Bible has just sat there on the dining room table the entire mm. week, and you haven't even touched it. She's like, for once in your life, you actually have time on your hands to seek what God has for you. Wow. And what am I doing right here? <laughs> you know, it's just like one of those things that God is, is incredible. And then as I began to just seek him, and sometimes that's just getting into the presence of God. How about it? You know, there's so many times where I just need to just get in his presence and, and seek his face. Because the Bible does say, like, if we seek him Absolutely. and we seek him with all of our hearts, that he'll give us the desires of our hearts. And that's because our hearts are in line with, with his will. Yeah. You know, I, I just, that, that illustration is so timely, I think. Um, you, you talked about just, hey, open your Bible. You know, yeah. sometimes it's the small things. It's, it's the, you know practical things. We're fretting over all the stuff, and it's like, let's just, let's just seek God for a few moments. And, you know, Kayla, you even mentioned, you know, like, when you're having time in your prayer closet or earlier, and, you know, some people might hear that and go, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, have, you have time in what? 
Like, yeah. but it, you know, it's just one of those phrases that we use to, to talk about a, a time and a space that we set aside to say, hey, this is my time to, you know, physically or maybe, but definitely spiritually to shut myself away yeah. from everything else. And, and for you, it's just opening your Bible. You know, David said in the Psalms, he said, one thing that I ask and I would desire is to gaze upon your beauty. And, uh, you know, Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me and straining toward what is ahead, I reach for the mark, the prize, the high calling of Christ. Jesus said uh, when, when Martha was so consumed with all the work that had to be done yeah. and Mary was just sitting at his feet listening, he said, one thing Mary has chosen and it won't be taken from her. And I think the seeking for us sometimes is it's the... Uh, it's to just boiling it down to what's most important, yeah, right? You know, and when when part of prayer is just saying, you know, I could be doing a bunch of other things, right? I, I could be filling out a, a job resume, or or I could be looking for colleges, or you know, whatever it might be. Like I, I could do those things, but I'm going to intentionally seek the the heart of God. It's, it's just that idea of saying, I want clarity here, yeah. And clarity begins with you know just setting those priorities. Yeah, that's definitely good. Setting priorities. Go ahead, I man. started. Um, just a week ago, I started a devotion. I think it was on Psalm 91, but it said the same thing with, I mean, this is getting a little head in, into the knock section, yeah, yeah. but like yeah. to get up, physically get up and go to a prayer closet and deliberately spend time with the Lord and seek and ask for the things that you want. And I think that in those moments, like you were saying, you'll find clarity. Yeah. And mm. in those moments when you deliberately set aside time and a place where you can be alone, yes. it's so easy. I mean, I'm guilty of it all the time but to be in front of people and be like yes the Jesus praise the Lord but like it's in those moments mm. when you're by yourself Amen. and there's no one watching yeah. and it's yeah. just you and Jesus that are so special and so yeah. raw yeah well, l- let me just give one more practical example of this um you know talking about seeking you know um I, I think like financially yeah, yeah. you know uh, we talk about uh, tithing as a regular part of, you know, church and giving 10%. But what a lot of people miss is, is that the fact that tithing is actually just uh, the first step in a principle of, of prioritizing. In other words, the tithe is the first 10% of your income, but the principle is you understanding where 100% of your money is going. Yeah, that's good. Like, it's, it's not enough to just say, well, I, I give tithe to God if you're irresponsible with the other 90%, and then you go, well, why isn't, why isn't tithing? I gave to God. Why, did, why don't I have enough to pay my bills? Like, well, you, you spent too much money at McDonald's. I don't know. Like, where'd you spend your money? And so, you know, Jesus said, where your, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, you know, so to tie this to clarity, you know, and, and we don't get what we want because we don't know what we want. Mm-hmm. In, in the realm of finances, it just means setting a budget. Yeah. Like, you set... A, a budget. And I know for some people that it's sounds like curse a curse word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for some people they don't want to talk about budgeting, but but a budget is just a priority list. A budget is saying this is what matters most. And so when you say I'm going to tithe, you're saying the first 10%. You're saying God matters most. But what else matters? And then, you know, it's it's not wrong to budget fun things in it's just a priority list. So for me, we budgeted in uh an anniversary trip to Italy. Now, some people would go, oh, man, that's crazy. But for them, it would be a bass boat, you know? Or for them, they would say, well, I, I want to I go shopping every week. 
Or for somebody else, they would say, you know, I want to golf 35 times every year. But you're just setting a priority list. And you, you make up your mind, you say, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I'm going after. And so when we seek in, in prayer, we're saying, God, this is, you know, I'm taking the time to, I want your will. And yeah. that verse you mentioned, yeah. uh, Psalm 37, yeah. it says, if we'll, if we'll seek the Lord with all of our heart, then he will give us the desires of our heart. Why? Because our priorities are aligned, yeah. you know, with his will, and, and God's not withholding his blessings. And one thing I, I think of with clarity, too, what, what ends up coming with a lot of that is confirmation. You know, a lot of times I remember thinking, like, somebody would share something with me. I'm like, man, that's weird. I, I was praying to God about that. That's weird that they would share that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see it in another direction. And then almost like the sign almost hits me in the face, you know, that, that God is just trying to speak something to me. And, and I, know, um, yeah. I know we've talked many times, on, Larry, yeah. where it's like, oh, my goodness. It's like God is going, Chris, 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 you know, just yeah. right over my head. But... Sometimes I forget that it's in relationships like this that sometimes somebody can say Absolutely. something that's yeah. really speaking to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Even a look. I mean, when we were at the, <laughs> <laughs> when we were at the convention center a couple of years back, yeah. when they were doing a full time ministry calling, uh, I was thinking about it. I saw Pastor Chris in the corner of my eye giving me the snake eye, <laughs> and he knew I, I should be down there because you know. God reveals stuff to the people that are, are yeah. walking with you in your journey. Right. That's and good. it's it's really good to have these relationship and connections. Yeah, that was that's good. Holy Spirit was speaking through your pastor that time. <laughs> All I needed to do was look, and she was jumping over the chairs trying to get to the altar. How about it? Yeah, but why don't we, for time's sake, just move to the last part. And the sure. last one we talked about, we said ask was was humility, seek was clarity, but knock was pursuit. Yeah. And a lot of times we can kind of leave it there where we ask, where we seek, but the pursuit is actually, like you shared in Joshua, standing up and going to do the known will of God. Yep. And so I think that sometimes can, can be a challenge in our lives. Have you guys ever felt that challenge in your yeah. life? I think a lot of times I will, like if I'm having a good day, I'll go in my prayer closet. I'm like, yes, Lord, like, and I'll ask, and he'll give me something, and I'm like, yes, Jesus, like I'm ready to do it. And he's like, okay, I need you to go here. And I'm like... <laughs> maybe not like yeah. maybe a different way yeah. but I think I said it earlier too like I just feel like a lot of times in those moments where you think you're going the right way and you think you know exactly what's going to happen and you're like okay God I got you like we're, we're on the same page and then it doesn't yeah. I feel like that is such an easy time for Satan to come and lie to you yeah, and attack you and say you know you thought he had you you thought you were good but you're not like yeah. this isn't going to work out and God is just such a God of truth and a God that makes ways for you. And just because you thought that's how it was going to go, you're not God. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's different. That's you know. good. Yeah. You know, I find in life, being some the old man up here, okay. <laughs> but you know, as I go on a daily activity and I, I do things, I work and all, and things occur, God shows up constantly constantly mm. and constantly but I as I get older I appreciate the fact that I appreciate God more than ever oh, because good. as he helped me in life as I get involved with things yeah I just say I just say thank you God 
Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I love when I talk with you, Larry, because I always feel like I get such a dose of grace from you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that that you're always like, I've seen God come through, and I've seen just the grace that he continues to pour out. He's so faithful. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love talking to you, Larry. You really, you just build me up and encourage me all the time. I got to say that from the platform because it's it's (laughs) so true. Uh, But even even practically, I, I, there was a time where I had some financial issues. Has anybody had some financial issues? <laughs> like, got the hands going up, yeah? There's some financial, yeah, a couple. <laughs> how many, how many fingers and toes you got? No. But I remember there was a situation, because I had lost my job, that I started just working part-time and trying to, to make ends meet. And there was a specific Sunday evening service, and I was at the altar just crying out to God. We, there was a couple hundred dollars worth of bills that we couldn't pay. And I knew that I was doing the known will of God, and I was doing as much as I could. You know, I was serving. I was following after what I felt like he was telling me to do. And I remember just kneeling at the altar. It was right over there, and just crying tears, you know, on the carpet. And then... Uh, and then getting up from that moment and going home. And the next morning I woke up and me and my wife were talking as I'm getting ready for work in the morning. She says, aren't you stressed? Like, aren't you concerned? You know, like, like we're, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills. I said, I don't know either, honey. I said, yes, I, I am stressed, but I've done everything I can do. And now I'm about to put my pants on <laughs> and go to work this morning. And, and sometimes that's all we can do. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's just doing the known will of God. Now, what's awesome about God is he did. Later that morning, he provided a financial wow. miracle for us that wow. was above and beyond what we even needed. And yes. so I just love how God comes through that way. Now, it doesn't always look like that. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to put your pants on and go to work. <laughs> and that ends up being kind of tough. In my life, I've noticed that pursuing Um, the calling that God has on my life has been especially difficult because um, I'm like a young age, and I know you're not supposed (laughs) to judge people at a young age, but I feel difficulty, you know? But then, like, because the God called you, and I'll remember, and not self-promo for fine arts, but (laughs) all I know is that at Nationals, this pastor named Jay Alvarez, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, when God called Moses, Moses probably took the stuttering card out. Like, I can't speak to people. I got I got, I got, got stuttering problems, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he probably said that. He used that excuse, and I feel like I use that excuse, too. Like, God, you don't want to use me. I'm young. Like, yeah. I I talk my, like, my heart out. Like, I won't <laughs> even let the other person speak, you know? <laughs> and I really found that. And, you know, it's so, like, confirming seeing how the pursuit that yes. God has in your life comes out. Yeah. Because in my English class, um, we actually were learning about King James, and we had to read Genesis 1, 2, 3, wow. 1, 2, 3, and Psalms 23 in the King James Version. And everybody's like, what? It's like, everybody's like panicking, and I'm like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> you know so you brought out the these and the vowels and yeah. spoken yeah. Shakespearean English. Everybody's right? like, I never got, I never went to Sunday school. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just seeing the pursuit that like, the pursuit of you reading your Bible, the pursuit of you going to yeah. church, the pursuit, you cannot reach other people in your school or in your work field or yeah. wherever you like, your life takes you. But just seeing that, it's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, awesome. even in something like that, I feel like a lot of times when God calls you to something, he's not always going to call you to the other side of the world. Yeah. Or he's not always going <laughs> to call you to, like sometimes it could be down the street talking to someone that you wouldn't think to talk to. Like it doesn't have to be, I mean, 
being called across the world is not a bad thing, yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't yeah, always have yeah. to be that extravagant. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I think just to key on something you said earlier about the known will of God, yeah. I, I think sometimes we, we can become paralyzed. Um, it's that paralysis by analysis thing mm. of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, we're looking for the specificity of God's will when, when in reality we could spend our lifetime doing the known will of God. Like, just saying, you know, I know, like, you know, you talked about sharing your faith. You know, I've talked to Christians before that have said, like, you know, I'm, I've been praying about it. I don't really know. Uh, may, I think maybe God wants me to share my faith with somebody. I'm like, hey, you don't have to pray about that. <laughs> yeah, you true. don't have to pray if God wants you to share your faith. He wants you to share your faith. Yeah. It's very clear in the Word of God. And so I, I think if we would just, yeah. you know, the knocking thing is, is pursuing the opportunities that God has made clear before us. And as we walk in obedience to the clarity that we have, God brings new clarity. Yes. You know, the Bible says the, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. We would love for God to order the miles or the weeks or the months, but God orders the steps. Yeah. And so sometimes the way to find clarity about tomorrow is to put your pants on and go to work today <laughs> and do what you, like, I know what I gotta do today. I'm not yeah. sure what tomorrow holds, but I gotta be obedient to the known will of God today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just for time's sake, as we're kind of wrapping up our, our conversation uh, a little bit on these things, I want to share a verse with you. Uh, and you can put this one on the screen there for everyone to see. It's in uh, Revelation chapter three. I think I have this in, in my notes somewhere. If I don't, I will, I'll make it up and you can look it up later. To see. <laughs> no. uh, but the, the Lord speaks uh, in Revelation chapter 3, and, and he's writing to the seven churches. Mm. And every letter to the church reveals a little bit of who, uh, who Jesus is. And so it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. He opens, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. That's a picture of who Jesus is. It's one of many pictures in Revelation. Jesus has the keys of David. And, and I know a lot of times people have spent their life, you know, in their prayer life and, and saying, you know, God, open a door. I'm, I'm just waiting for you to open a door. I'm waiting for you to open a door. This verse says he has the keys. He can open a door no man can shut, and he can shut doors that no man can open. Mm. So, so my admonition would be, instead of living your life praying about the unknown will of God, saying, God, if you'll open the door, I'll walk through it. I would say, make uh, intentionality a part of your life and say, God, I'm gonna walk by faith, believing my steps are ordered, and, and I'm gonna ask you to shut doors you don't want me to go through. Yeah, that's good. So to be, to be yeah. proactive, yeah. And say, instead of saying, well, God, if you open a door, no. Say, God, you said in your word, you'd give me the desires of my heart. My heart is to do your will. I know you're not trying to trick me yeah, uh, into good. disobedience. Yeah. So I'm going to get up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock on opportunity's door. I'm going to go after the things that you put before me. And if it's not your will, I believe you're God enough to close the doors that yeah. no man can open. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and I can trust that I'm not going to go after things that God, I'm not going to find myself doing things God doesn't want for me. He's going to close those doors. And so I would just, I would challenge you, you know, with that thought. And as a kind of a way to apply this for all of us, you know, maybe for each of us, there's a different 
application. For some of us, no doubt, humility is the step you need to take. If there's areas of your life that you haven't, uh, you haven't given to the Lord, you haven't surrendered it to him. We sang about it earlier. We, we've talked about it here in the life group. But the, the lifting of the Lord is predicated on the humility of his servant. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. If you've been striving on your own ability, on your own ingenuity, on your own uh, intellect to, to make it happen, to make things work, it, it, God's speaking to you today to say, just trust me. Then for you, that's the next step. To say, God, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to quit believing I can, I'm a self-made man, a self-made woman. I can do it on my own. I'm going to humble myself. For, for some of you, that's your response today. For others of us, it's, it's that we need to begin to seek. I mean, because if you're honest, you go, you know what? I mean, I, I pray, but I don't, I don't really pray specifically. And, and the truth is, I can't really point to too many prayers that have been answered because I didn't ask very specific prayers. But for you, you need to get really specific with God. You need to find some verses of Scripture you can stand on. You need to begin to circle those promises. You need to pull out a pen and a journal and to begin to, to write down your request to the Lord and begin to, to build a, a, a logbook of the faithfulness of God in your life so you can actually look back a year from now and say, I ask and God answered. And this is how he answered. This is what I ask for. And so for some of you, you don't even know what you want. But you need to begin to say, I'm not just going to be anxious for nothing. I'm going to know what I need. I'm going to know what I want. And I'm going to seek God. And I'm going to ask God to move in my life in very particular ways. Because he, he wants to. He wants to be involved in the details of your life. And, and for some of us, the application is, is that there's something you need to do besides attend church on Sunday morning. Glad you're here, glad you worshiped with us, glad you listened, but, but you need to knock on opportunity's door. And, and I believe the word of the Lord to some of us is the word to Joshua, get off your face. Like, stop just attending church and actually do the thing that I've put before you to do. And for some of you, you just need that, that adrenaline to say, you know what, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna trust that if this is not God, he'll make it clear. Maybe it's an assignment that you've been needing to step into or, or a a conversation you've needed to have, somebody you need to call, or, or an application that needed to be filled out. I don't know, but for some of us, I just sense that we need to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go after it this week, and I'm going to trust God to open the doors that no man can shut and to close the doors that no man can open. So we're going we're gonna to pray together at, at the conclusion here, and uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys for, for just sharing your own stories. Yeah, could you thank them? Yeah. And I, I want to pray. Here's what we're going to do at the end. Uh, I'm going to ask my life group to, uh, to just go down and stand in the altar area with our prayer team. I'm going to ask some of our prayer team members to come. And I just feel like, you know, we're having this conversation about being together. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't give you the opportunity to come together with somebody for prayer. So at the conclusion of the service, I'm, I'm going to just open these altars. If you've got a need in your life, maybe it's something we touched on, maybe it's not, but, and you'd like somebody to just pray with you. This is what the church is for. This is what the church is for, the body of Christ coming together to minister to one another. I, I, I want to tell you one final thing, and, and then we're going to pray, and uh, just grace me with another minute or two, because this was, this was so powerful to me. Um, on Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, I mentioned we were on vacation earlier. 
my wife and I, we were, we were in a little gelateria in Rome and eating gelato. And, and we met this couple from Texas and a lot of tourists. And so we're talking with them and then they, they left and then there's a senior adult couple sitting a couple tables over and she said, because I had said we, we live in Pennsylvania, she said, I used to live in Norristown. I was like, really? So, so we start talking with them. Long story short, um, you get to the part of the conversation, what do you do? What do you do? Well, we pastor a church. Oh, wow. She begins to share with me her personal testimony that she was, she was hurt by some things that had happened in a church. Um, th- there was an, an unethical situation with some of the leadership. The church was divided on how it was handled, and, and, and she was hurt, and a lot of other people were hurt. And she said, I prayed about it, and, and the Lord told me to start a small group. And I'm, I'm leaning in now. I mean, I know we're about to have Life Group Live Sunday. She doesn't know anything about all this. And I'm just going, okay, this is a God moment. So I'm leaning in. I said, really? She said, yeah, God spoke to me. She said, I ordered a book off Amazon uh, about dealing with church hurt. And, and I just read the book, and, and then I just invited some friends. And I said, I'm going to just go through this book. Would you guys like to come? She said, everybody I asked decided to come. And so they all came, and, and they started this little life group together. She said, we meet on uh, every other Monday. We meet at my house. And she said, we have a couple rules. Like, there's no judgment for anybody else's opinion. There's no politics. And the third rule is really important. I said, what's that? She said, nobody can serve liver and onions. <laughs> I said, well, it's your house, your rules. But she said, we started meeting a couple years ago. And we still meet every two weeks on Monday night. And God has brought so much healing in my life. And, and her, her husband, he started tearing up there over his gelato. And she said, God has worked in all of our lives. And I, so then I had to tell her, I said, you got to know what I'm doing at my church next Sunday. And I, and I told her about Life Group Live. And Day said, what he's really saying is, you're going to be in the sermon on Sunday. <laughs> and I said, well, that's probably true. But it was just, I mean, you know. A conversation with somebody on the other side of the world to just emphasize this point that, that the work that God wants to do in our lives, He does through our lives. That we are the church, and when God's hand of healing is extended, it often feels like somebody else's hand. That's why it's so important to us that as the church, that we come together, that we worship, that we exalt Jesus, but at some point, we turn the rows into circles and we start sharing together. Because today was not about answering uh, all of the theological questions about prayer. You know what the conversation was? Today was the fact that I, I know a little bit more about what Alicia's going through. Today is the fact that I can pray for her as she's finishing out her spring semester and graduating high school and getting ready to make a huge decision about where she's going to college. I know that because we talked, not because I preached. And, and, and I, can, I can be inspired by, by Larry because he was transparent enough to say, Hey, you know, I struggle sometimes too. Wow, here's a guy who served Jesus longer than I've been alive. But because I talked with him, I'm encouraged in my faith. And and so that's why we need each other. 